The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he taught them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it had not much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depths of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those who were about him with the twelve asked him concerning the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which is sown in them. And these, in like manner, are the ones sown upon rocky ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the delight in riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that are sown upon the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. The Gospel of the Lord. We've looked at this parable before, um, but just a few things that struck me yesterday when going over it again. The one is that the Lord's statement that he makes uh, in between the first parable and its explanation, which that he says to his apostles, he says, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? So this parable holds a particular key for the interpretation of other parables, particularly in the reason in that it is a process, right? 
there's a process that we see here in the sowing of the word and in the reception of that seed that is sown, the words that are sown, and that that process then is important for understanding not only this parable, but for understanding how the word should be received every time, right? And so this is a key for the entrance into the other parables. It is also a key for the entrance into scripture itself, the word of God, the seed that is scattered abundantly by God. And so again, most of the church fathers when interpreting this scene, the sower went out to sow. And they say that that is simply Christ himself going out and revealing, right? manifesting the Father, revealing the divine nature, sowing with his words and his deeds. And in this, he is revealing. He, there is this perfect revelation that comes through Christ. But that the reception of that, the effectiveness of the reception of those words, that seed that is sown by Christ, is dependent also upon how the person actually receives it. The fruitfulness of the word is completely effective in itself but it is limited only by how we receive it. How do we receive the word when it comes to us? And so what we see here is a process of reception that we must follow whenever we encounter the scriptures, whenever the word or the seed is scattered into our soul. What type of soil are we? And we can see that we have a choice in that. We have a choice in what type of soil we will be. It's not simply something that we are made and then can do nothing about. We need to actually choose and will to be good soil. And so the first way in which we are soil that is prepared for the word means that we must have the life of God in us by his grace. It says that he goes out to a field to sow the seed. This field represents the church, those who are in the grace of God, those who have received baptism. When we are in God's grace, it means we have the virtues, especially the virtue of faith, and we have also the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is the one who inspires the word as well, especially the words of scripture, but is also the one in whom the church interprets the scripture. And so when we are in grace, we, are in, we have that life of God within us. We have the gift of faith operative within us. And we also have the Holy Spirit animating even our thoughts. And so when we receive the word, when we receive the scriptures, the process of meditation upon the word must follow what the Lord says here. We cannot simply be this pathway. A pathway is, and again, what the Lord says when he is explaining it, is that the seed that is scattered on the pathway is trampled upon in some accounts, but also that immediately Satan comes and takes it away. Because if you've ever been out in a field and if you've ever scattered seed, if you scatter it on a pathway, it's immediately evident. It's not hidden in any way. And so when we receive the word as on a pathway is when we simply listen to it, but it doesn't take any depth in the heart or in the soul. And so immediately it is taken away by the devil. Immediately it is forgotten. So the first thing that we need to do in order to progress towards becoming good soil is we need to listen to the word and clutch onto it, hold onto it so that it is not immediately taken away from us. How do we do that in a practical sense? Well, it's also to do with our memory and our attention. 
that when the word is either proclaimed to us or when we are reading the word and the scriptures in our own time, that we give our attention to the word and hold on to it and that we're not becoming too scattered. And then what happens is the word is also scattered upon rocky ground. And this has some depth, but is still very superficial. And so also, we might also hear the word initially, and we might think it's very beautiful, but we don't give any more time to it. There is initial grasping onto the word, an initial loving of the word, but not for any long period of time. Time is required for the, gro for the growth of roots. Time is required in order that the word can take root in our heart. And so when we are meditating upon the scriptures, we need to first clutch on to the words that we are reading. We need to give them time as well in order that they can take deep root and not simply have superficial roots that can again easily be pulled up and destroyed. And then we also cannot become the thorny ground, if you will, where the thorns also grow. We have to be careful what we give our minds over to. We are responsible for our thoughts. Where our thoughts go, we have to take responsibility. What we think about, we are responsible for. And so we need to give our minds over to that for which they were created, the contemplation of the truth. And Jesus is the truth himself. And we cannot do that while loving something else or thinking too much about something else as well. This does not mean that we don't think about the things that we need. It does not, think that we, does not mean that we don't think about the things that are good in our life. But simply that when it is coming time for prayer and for focusing on the scriptures and on the word, that we do our best to think only about the scriptures. Distractions will always come. But we, have to, we do have a choice as to what we do with those distractions. And even if we are distracted repeatedly in prayer, that doesn't matter so long as we keep bringing our mind and our heart back to the word, where our mind and our heart should be oriented. And even if we have to do that repeatedly again and again, we are simply learning a habit of turning away from the distractions, the thoughts, the thorns, if you will, of this world, and turning our mind and our heart back to the Word, and not allowing those other thoughts to come in and choke out our contemplation of Jesus Christ. And then there is the good soil. What makes it good? It is prepared, it is, it is nutrient-rich. It is prepared for, this, for the growth of the seed alone. Good soil is soil that has had all the weeds plucked out, Good soil is soil in which the word can grow, the roots can, take, can move very deeply into it, and the fruitfulness can then happen. And there is abundant fruitfulness. The Lord shows here that fruitfulness in our life is dependent upon the reception of the seed. If there is no seed, there is no life. It doesn't matter how good the soil is. And so for us, our preparation for prayer is to make the soil of our soul good soil, allow the Lord to do his work within us, to uproot anything that could take us from the beautiful contemplation of his life and of his word, so that that seed can take root in our hearts, can grow 
and bear abundant fruit. Amen.